All right. Um, today we have Matt Mans. Is that, am I saying that right? Yes, sir. And uh, I found him on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I just been. I was looking at your Instagram, and I was like, yeah, this guy looks looks pretty cool. So it's like, yeah, sure. Why not have him on? So here we are. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. So, um, um, are you a massage therapist or, 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 um, yeah. So my, most of my background is in strength training and exercise science and, um, collegiate strength conditioning. And, you know, I, I wear that card first, I guess. And, mm -hmm. you know, but recently I've, I've transitioned into massage therapy. Uh, I've seen that as the, a, a complementary approach in my, in my own philosophies, my own, own understanding, understandings of the body. Um, you know, again, I, I break things down easily and simply in a, a yang and a yin approach, you know, a very, um, macro view, very balance oriented. And in my own experience, in my own life, I was always focusing on like the doing the yang, the, the training, the exercise. Um, and I was often getting injured and, um, even, experiencing anxiety and, and slight depression mm -hmm. and I was you know always looking for more answers and a better way of understanding the body mm -hmm. and even myself and how I train and how I train my athletes and that's it's led me to uh, understanding more about the intimacy and I, I use that word lightly because I think um, some people would get the wrong impression of what that means but it's more about a connection to yourself and, and to your body uh, a deeper mm -hmm. connection to how you take care of your body uh, and, and massage therapy and body work and, and Chinese medicine uh, filled that void that I had in, in my own understanding, my own training. Um, and, and I bring that to the world now. It's, it's yes, we can train, we can train hard. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are at all times, you know, the proper time to train hard mm -hmm. even as you continue to age. Uh, but you have to fill uh, the time when you're not training hard with, with restorative uh, actions you know, taking care of your body, resting, yes. uh, nourishing, uh, even, even, you know, soft tissue work and, and body manipulation that can help, uh, get you back into balance. Uh, and when, what I call ultimately is just harmony. Yeah. I, I discovered massage in, um, Thailand and, um, you know, they kind of go easy on you because they cater to the tourist kind of thing. Then I went to China and I was at a weekly massage and, man, those guys, they would really get deep the tissue and it was painful. Like I was like, Oh my God, like I would have to breathe and, you know, just try to calm myself down. But, you know, I don't know what techniques they were using. If it was a, I don't know the specific um, training, but man, I was walking out of there like totally different. It was mm. amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome because the the profession itself is ancient straight up it is beyond thousands of years old it is it is ancient it's i would you know and we're a little biased but we're uh taught that it is the first you know med medicinal profession was putting your hands on somebody oh this doesn't feel right let me let me just offer some touch you know i don't feel well something is off in me okay let me let me cater to you through human touch you know that's our first instinctual reaction to help somebody in need and in pain is to what give them a hug or give them a shoulder to cry on or anything like that. So human touch mm -hmm. is, is an absolute paramount for us in, in treating anything. Uh, and, and it goes beyond, you know, the physical, 
uh, experiences such as, you know, muscle stiffness and, and, and pain. Uh, it, it goes even into your, your mental, emotional feelings of safety. Uh, you know, so, and, and what's cool is that there's so many, you know, there's a conglomerate of like the Eastern philosophy, the Eastern mind uh, that, that is, you know, that uses massage therapy as such an integral part of, of their culture. Uh, you know, so you have different styles and dialects in, in Thailand, and you mm -hmm. have different styles and dialects in, in ancient China, and even uh, the Ayurvedics in, in India. And, and that kind of all comes together in, you know, the professions uh, as a whole. And even in the training that I had was, you know, I was taking a full semester of, of Thai massage, different, different styles of what Thai massage is. And then your, your classic uh, Swedish style massage, which is your basic, you know, spa effleurage kind of thing. And then you have, you know, different uh, other modalities such as Huina and Shiatsu uh, and, and other things like that, which is so, you know, cool because you can start to develop your own personal style uh, because in, in Thailand, they do different things and in China, they do different things. Uh, but ultimately you want to use the, uh, the, the techniques that are most effective uh, and that allow you to kind of really develop this, this style uh, that you have, because the more comfortable you are uh, providing, you know, the, 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 the treatment, uh, the more comfortable your client your, or your patient's going to be. Yeah. And do, is there a specific, is there a go-to for you? Is, is it Thai massage mostly, or, or are you more, more of a Swedish? Yeah. I mean, I, definitely gravitate more towards the the Thai the shiatsu uh styles because there's a little bit more uh flow to it there's a little bit more unstructured uh movement you know your your classic Swedish is I mean it it, it depends on the, on the therapist as well but you know, usually you you begin with you know you, you spread the oil and, and then you do your effleurage and then you increase you know your intensity and the manipulation uh you know Thai, it's a little different. Even shiatsu, you can like start rocking different body parts and, and throwing people around. And even on, in Thai, I remember, you know, we were on the floor with on no tables. Uh, we were all on the floor, rolling around on the floor, you know, mm -hmm. you know, sitting on people, you know, using my feet, uh, using any part of my body, my knees, uh, which is, which is awesome because it's freedom and it allows you to, to, to have fun and be creative. And, you know, what I really, really, really enjoy about the profession and the trade is that creativity. It's like an art, you know, it, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm using my body as this, this tool uh, and I'm painting a picture, I'm creating art, I'm creating almost like a, a musical uh, symphony in the room. And, and that's, you know, putting that, that body that I'm working on in a better space, it's putting it in a more relaxed space, it's putting it in a more cohesive uh, together uh, you know, union, if you will. And if somebody's having a, a specific area of pain, like, I don't know, maybe they're, um, I don't know, maybe they're like a, they're a heavy lifter or something and, that, and they're having like, I don't know, back pain or shoulder pain. Do you focus on that area or is there a, is there a sort of protocol or intuition or? Yeah, it's, uh, it's I, you use the, I would say the proper term at the end is intuition. There, mm -hmm. There's a um, protocol approach, you know, a perspective that, you know, we, we see and we're trained in uh, that, that leads you to uh, what may cause, right? What, what is the root cause of, say, shoulder pain or lower back pain, especially relative to um, what the individual is doing? So again, if they're training heavy or they're lifting weights, uh, that could be more biomechanical in nature, right? A movement pattern issue, something from a neurological sense is, 
is a little bit off kilter um, and that's leading to some some poor motor patterns which is you know leading to strain and stress uh, in an improper amount and that can result in inflammation and pain mm-hmm. on the other side it could be uh, something unrelated to the lo- localized area and it could be something stemming from uh, even if it's an emotional experience that, that the person is dealing with so you know in our training uh, again we're, we're fairly heavily rooted in um, you know traditional Chinese medicine which uses the meridians uses the, the uh, different organ systems and elemental systems that pertain to emotions and even seasonal changes uh, you know so someone who may be in fear for an example right or if it's a finance thing or something is um, they're struggling with something that is that's fearful to them mm-hmm. you know most likely men are going to f- store fear in their kidneys and their low back mm-hmm. uh, which you know this constant stress and this fear of say paying the bills uh, or, or when the next paycheck is going to be is it going to be enough are they, are they going to be able to provide you know it's a lot of stress that's a lot of mental emotional uh, loads that, that men and women uh, can handle and, and carry mm-hmm. and that stored uh, energy if you will that stored just muck up of, of fear uh, gets in, in the Eastern perspective, gets stored and held in the, in the low back and the kidney area, you know, so that's something that if you don't really pry that open with, with somebody, uh, that's just another avenue that you can walk down to help maybe, uh, address, you know, something that, that could uh, help them release pain or, or, uh, feel better and realign their body, let them sink back into a parasympathetic state, which is ultimately what you, uh, want to achieve. You're, you're manipulating, uh, the, the tissue and increasing circulation and um, a- addressing these musculoskeletal issues. Um, but you also want that person to walk out of there in, in a very chill parasympathetic state and be able to access that state more frequently. Uh, that's mm-hmm. something I, I believe that uh, most people are unaware in themselves of how to actually do that, you know, how to breathe properly, uh, mm-hmm. how, to, how to actually be present uh, in the moment and, and not necessarily stress or outsource, uh, you know, this to, to something else. It's something that they can achieve if, if they're uh, given the proper tools, such breath is the, is the most powerful uh, access point, I believe, to, to do this consistently is to just, you know, teach people how to breathe properly. Uh, and, and that could dramatically reduce the amount of, of sympath, you know, sympathetic tone that, that most people are stuck in. And they're still going to benefit from your, from your treatment and your massage. Uh, but they're, but they're going to be able to uh, get themselves back into a state of, of restoration, you uh, stress, if you will. And, and, and that's, you know, that's something that's everlasting. It goes beyond uh, the treatment. And so um, like, uh, that's, that's a good point about stress. I mean, that's like the biggest thing. That's like the biggest killer now, so to speak in everyday, everyday life, you know, we're, we're always, we're always, you know, so stressed out and everything. And, and it seems like, you know, I, I th- it's just such an under talked about problem. A lot of people are talking about, you know, diet and things like that. And those are all important for sure. But man, if you're stressed and then you go to the gym and then you do this hard workout you bump those, that cortisol up and then, mm. you know, then you're thinking about the paycheck, like, as you said before, and then it's just kind of like, 
it's just like on top of on top. And then, you know, that that's a loop. It's a loop that is unbalanced. This is again, the, the big picture uh, perspective that I like to show people is, you know, stress is good. Stress is needed. Stress is going to uh, provide an impetus for an adaptation, right? It's absolutely necessary for our survival and for our natural expression of our potential as human beings, you know, and we're wired to survive and adapt and we need stress to do so, but we only need a specific and certain amount and the proper um, dosage at the proper time and the proper frequency. Mm-hmm. And if we're in this loop, literally like, you know, that's all we know is stress. You know, mm-hmm. we, we wake up in the morning uh, earlier than we would like to get up and we hear the alarm. The, mm-hmm. That's the first, what's the first thing that goes through your mind is, ow, I don't like that. Or mm-hmm. oh, I have to do this again. Mm-hmm. Then you, then you, then you pull yourself out of your bed and you, and you got to will yourself to even get ready and put your, your shoes on and walk out the door and drive to work. That's the first thing that you experience. The next thing is probably the, the, the profession itself, the job itself that you may not be uh, okay with or, or pleased with. That's a lot. That's a shit ton more stress that you have to deal with and mitigate. And then when you're out of work, right, what, you know, and we want to take care of our body, right? We want, to, we want to train, we want to lift weights, we want to stay conditioned, we're adding more stress. And that, that's okay. But what you're seeing now is just more uh, things being dumped in the bucket. And the bucket is actually getting smaller and smaller. And it, it's unable to handle stress. And it's unable to adapt because all it, it feels is stress. Uh, and even then you tie in like the mental, emotional and our ability to communicate and, you know, all these things, right? These are, these are more stressors and more stressors and more stressors that it's not sad, but the reality is, is that this is like the default state in, in, in most Western countries and even more so, right? So mm-hmm. it's, okay, how can I eliminate, you know, some of these uh, stressors in my life? How can I become more resilient to stress in reality? Because it, it's always going to be there. It's always going to knock on your door what can you do in those moments? You know, these, these moments of uh, the ability to perceive what this is and then the ability to harness a proper reaction to the stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a crucial window that you can start to fill uh, with advantageous behavior for that, for that individual. And, you know, I, I, again, I come back to the breath. I believe that the breath is like this, this focal point. It's, it's this magical place that people can uh, start to learn in about, okay, there's a stimuli here and it's going to change the rate of my, uh, my breath. It's going to uh, cause a, an impetus to either take a deep breath and, and, and get up in my chest, or I can kind of like be the rock and let that wave pass right over me. And then I can observe my breath and I can control my breath. And then I can, I can be the focal point in the situation. I can assemblance as a uh, some, some uh, control in the situation and, and control my, my proper reaction. And then that allows you to have more presence in the moment, more clarity of mind. And that'll actually give you more pathways to walk. You know, if you're unhappy in a certain situation, well, guess what? Now you're in a better headspace uh, that you can start to see and perceive, well, what can I do better? Is there something that I'm not seeing? Uh, is there uh, conversations that I'm avoiding? Uh, and now the, the stress is more like this wave in your life as opposed to just this water being poured and poured and poured into a bucket it's more Mm -hmm. like the bucket is there the water flows in and then it flows out and and that's the circle that's the balance that's the harmony Uh, that's the rhythm uh, that we want in our life we 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 do need right the stress uh, because Mm -hmm. it's going to cause us to adapt and improve Uh, but we need to uh, a 
empower ourselves and, and understand how to deal with it and then eliminate any excess if, if possible. And, and what are the, what are some of the top five or top problems you're, you see in your clients? Like, um, like just kind of like on an everyday basis and what are a few things that you maybe recommend for them? Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and it, it comes back to, you know, the word I, I, I'm like, I guess, possessed by, <laughs> if I had to identify it as rhythm mm -hmm. and, you know, circadian man, circadian rhythm is, is like what I um, focus on a lot of uh, to identify in society, you know, wh what's, you know, say the first thing that we can start to change in our life is to realign our human biology and our physiology to the light and natural light and dark cycles of, of, of nature, right? So the, the circadian rhythm itself and this, this rhythm, right? This, this wave uh, that exists in nature that every other species adopts and, and is, is in harmony with mm -hmm. uh, regulates the, their experience. And, and we, as, as humans uh, tend to alter our environment, right? And, and that's led to progression in, in ways and it's led to uh, some, some regression, if you will, right? Uh, a buddy of mine told me that at one point the, the technology we use to solve problems eventually becomes the problem itself. And, you know, that's evident in, in light and technology uh, and the environments that we're in. Most of us are either working or living indoors majority of the time of the day, mm -hmm. disconnected from you know, the, the light and, and, and the photon energy of, of the sun. Mm -hmm. So we have to, you know, bring light to the situation that, you know, hey, you are out of sync. There are things that are going on in your body from a biological standpoint and a physiological standpoint that are, they're out of rhythm. They're out of, they're, they're not synchronized. They're supposed to be yoked uh, in, in this fashion. And we are ex most sensitive to, to light. And, you know, so the, if we're getting uh, an unnatural light source in our, in our lives, predominantly through artificial light or mm -hmm. at, any, at different times of the day, such as really, really, really early in the morning or, or late at night, uh, you know, that's going to wreck our balance uh, in our hormones from a standpoint of, of cortisol, which you mentioned, and melatonin. Uh, you know, I at one point was, was popping melatonin on a nightly basis, thinking, you know, oh, I'm good, I'm, I can sleep better and all these things. And then mm -hmm. completely unaware of that, you know, I was living indoors and working very late hours at night under fluorescent lights. And I had a uh, pre-workout problem as well. And, you know, I was getting up in the morning at 3 a.m. every morning, uh, mm -hmm. unaware, again, out of rhythm. And, uh, you know, these are things that we can start to just understand that, okay, if it's impossible or very difficult to get outdoors for whatever reasons, you know, we can, we can micro dose this. We can, we can find small pockets of time for individuals to get a, get a sun break or just get some more sky time over screen time. You know, and these are things that are, again, just uh, plugging you back into this, this rhythm of, of light and dark in nature that will automatically regulate uh, a lot of these systems in, in your body that can give you the, the sleep that you're missing. It can give you that restorative sleep that you're missing. Um, and that's a way that, you know, again, is the yin to the yang. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're often, you know, stuck in the very yang way of seeing the world and the yang way of acting in the world. Uh, and mm -hmm. there is this alternative, complementary, very nourishing, uh, deeper yin that, you know, we in the Western world seem to see as um, below, or if you will, or not, not as valuable as the very progressive, expressive yang. 
the, the progressive, the expressive masculine yang is extremely valuable, mm-hmm. but it's only as powerful if it is restored, if it has moments where it can come back and, and regenerate uh, and accumulate more potential. That's yin, right? That's sleep. That's rest. That's, that's breath. Um, all mm-hmm. these things that that's body work, right? That's taking care of our body, you know, and, and regulating our emotions. All these things are very like yin behaviors. Uh, so if we can empower ourselves to uh, in, incorporate more of these yin functions in our life, we're stressing and we're expressing, but then we're pausing uh, and we're regenerating and we're resting and we're allowing our body to recuperate uh, because this is how nature operates. This is how nature uh seeks and achieves life right mm-hmm. uh, every other biological life form uh lives in this way and we tend to sometimes take control of the steering wheel and steer it in a different way uh as a, when in reality we should be driving the road that's already there which is a very curved line it's a very a rhythmic uh, road if you will and when we can you know drive the road that's already you know out in front of us we can drive faster, clearer, safer. Um, you know, so these are things that in response to uh, stress and, and cortisol and melatonin uh, and the breath and even eating is something that I really um, re, reprogram, if you will, and, and, and the people that I work with is understanding that eating itself is this yin behavior, right? Mm-hmm. We're taking uh, food and we're literally putting it in our mouth and we're mm-hmm. receiving it, right? So that is absolutely vital for that to be as, as, as the highest quality as possible that you can get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the, the way in which you eat is extremely important. You know, again, mm-hmm. we're, we're supposed to be in a parasympathetic state when we do so, uh, you know, so, and this was me at one point in my life too. I was always standing up, always on the go in between clients or in, uh, behind the wheel while I was eating and I was about to choke or, you know, suffocate or shove things down how fast can I get this meal? How many calories can I get in my body in the shortest amount of time so I can go do something else? Mm-hmm. The exact opposite thing that you want to do when you, when you consume food and when you, when you nourish your body. You want to see it as like this romantic experience that you know, it is very, it's taken uh, into your body and, and you're appreciating it. Uh, you're breathing. You're, you're, again, you're in a parasympathetic state. You're welcoming it in. You appreciate what's going in your body because it's going to be put to use and put to use well uh, if you're in this state. So these are things that uh, from a standpoint of just a large macro view, Mm -hmm. uh, we can start to, again, micro dose and sprinkle into our lives that assemble more of this this balance effect, Uh, you know, this more harmonic totality uh, and this more rhythmic experience. Yeah, that's... um... That's a good point about the food, man. I mean, when I, I started weightlifting again recently and man, come lunchtime, it's just like, do, 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 because I'm, I'm just so hungry. And some of my family members are like, slow down, man, slow yeah. down, yeah. calm down. And I'm like, yeah. I'm so freaking hungry. But yeah, that, yeah. again, I think all of our uh, 20s and even teens, many men and even women have you know, firsthand experience of that as well. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's interesting that you're a massage therapist and you have a lot of um, strength training and, and conditioning uh, experience as well. I mean, what's the, what are some of the top um, uh, ideas for strength training and, and uh, talk a little bit about overtraining too and, and the problems with that. Awesome. Yeah. Great questions. 
you know, it, for me, how I really see and understand things from a standpoint of, of strength and conditioning and, and increasing our physical capabilities, it, it, it adapts, right. And it's all dependent upon, you know, what the individual's goals are, mm-hmm. uh, what their individual demands are, you know, so as a, as a, say you, you're working with a, uh, an athlete in middle school or even high school, you know, they are relatively more resilient than, you know, obviously you're, you're someone who's maybe over 50 uh, and they're very, um, ready to adapt. Their bodies are like primed, you know, they're little, little primed bodies and they, you know, adapt to stress very, very quickly, which is good because you can throw a lot of things at them. Mm-hmm. You can throw a lot of, um, variety and, and, and things like that, but they also need proper patterns, if you will. Most, again, most young individuals and even athletes, what are they often doing? They're either playing one sport year round or they're sitting down hunched over a desk or uh, a phone or playing video games or uh, just really not moving their body out designed to move, you know? So you have to really now, and, and I think more important now than ever is, okay, what is the, the absolute just basic fundamentals of just movement patterns of just uh, primal expressions, you know, and that's just standing upright, right? Often we're sitting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is this, this individual's posture like? What are their postural tendencies? How can I get them more posture aligned? Uh, and how can I improve their uh, locomotive efficiency, right? That, that's what athleticism is all about. It's getting from point A to point B. Uh, you know, so there are things that you can just do from a standpoint of, of uh, neurological efficiency um, and isometric strength that, that really will identify, say, what this athlete needs uh, from, a, from a postural standpoint, from a, a standpoint of absorbing force and producing force. You know, that's very, uh, how I really break things down is, is quite simple. How, how much force can this individual absorb and how much force can they produce? If you're, if you're hitting those two and, and they're moving properly and they're breathing properly, you have just, the table is set for uh, a, a very uh, profound level of, of adaptation in, in a physical sense. Um, you know, so these are things from a, a standpoint of, of, you know, training youth and, and athletes, maybe in high school and college that are very effective. Uh, but again, as the individuals progress and, and age, the, the body changes, right? The body, um, you know, the body needs a little bit more yin, if you will. And, and this is now something that I'm starting to experience in my own personal life is now being over 30. Uh, mm-hmm. And I look back at what I used to do in my 20s and I'm like blown away. I'm like, how the hell did I even do that? five, six days a week. Um, you know, and now it's like, okay, what I used to do, you know, I may take a half of that and, and do that. Um, and then the other half, I'm, I'm really taking care of my body. I'm always breath aware. I'm trying to move frequently throughout the day, as opposed to just moving extremely intense in a, in a, in a say an hour or 90 minutes, and then being very relatively stagnant the, the rest of the day. You know, again, that's really not how our, our bodies are, are designed to uh, move throughout the day. It's, it's more about, okay, as the day begins, your movement through life and through the day should begin. You know, we should walk a lot. Uh, we, should, we should get down a deep squat and stand up and stand upright, um, go up steps and, and things like that, maybe crawl and hang, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, bend and pick things up and get in the lunge, uh, sagittal and in frontal and transverse, all these plans. It's thinking about just variety and frequency and dosage that you can just start to sprinkle in and, and again, microdose in your life that again, now the body is just more primed. So when it is time to train, you're spending less time warming up or on the foam roller, 
you can just do your basic stuff and then you're ready to go. Um, and the intensity is still relatively high. That's going to elicit a stress response and an adaptation, but uh, maybe the duration is lower, you know? So maybe it's, if it's 40 minutes now where I'm, I'm training hard or 45, no longer than 60, you know, my body will tell me like, okay, that's pretty much it, dude. Like once my form starts breaking down or if I start like uh, relying on like mouth breathing, you know, way too much, I know it's like, all right, I, I, I pretty much emptied what I have here today. Uh, so it's a very, um, I would say broad approach, but it's, it's very, uh, effective in its, in its each unique regard relative to, uh, the, the, the goals of the athletes or the individuals, you know, so again, the absorption of force, the, uh, the, the production of force and, and the movement patterns itself, they're very primal things that I think that are extremely important for people to, to take as, as in any age, you know, if you take a 65 year old woman and she can get in a quadruped position and roll on her shoulder and, and she knows how to land on the ground and absorb force. She is going to, to, you know, if, if any situation where she trips, she, her body will just naturally assimilate into this position. And she's, she's reducing her chances of breaking a hip, breaking a bone, ending up in the hospital. And then the quality of her life is going to dramatically decrease. And, you know, so mm -hmm. these are things that are vital to take with us, even as we age, that again are just improving and increasing our ability for for uh, vitality and living life into the, the age that we desire yeah the strength training and and you know it the general public that i think the the idea in our minds is still like bodybuilder you know oh you know that's that's kind of the old way of thinking of it and i, I think that more and more we're gonna see you know, uh, you know, grandparents and, and fifties and sixties and people in their forties do, do a little bit more, uh, strength, strength training, you know, that can be, that can be so beneficial. I, I'm, I'm still trying to get my, my parents into, um, into strength training, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're in good health and everything, but, um, and they do walking, but I mean, man, just get in there and just do just a little bit of weights, you know, but yeah, that's, it's, it's, um, it's so beneficial for, for, uh, for the general public, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think you said it perfectly, just walk. It's, it's the, what are we, what, what is like the absolute base layer foundational thing that humans are supposed to do is walk, mm -hmm. right? We, we wouldn't survive if we could not walk. Um, you know, Dan Fichter and Cal Dietz are, are blowing, blowing minds left and right. And, you know, I, I went to an RPR course way back and they said, you know, from a hierarchical standpoint, um, for safety, your, your body needs to understand that it can stand up, it can protect its head, and then it can walk. If those th three boxes are checked first, okay, then you can go do something. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you cannot walk properly uh, mm -hmm. or you're not walking enough in your life, you know, you're, you're again, you're, you're trying to build on a very narrow foundation. Uh, so even just walking, you know, my parents are the same. They're not really, you know, I would say the most physically fit uh, or, or, uh, consistent with things like that. But, you know, I just tell them, just go for a walk, go for a daily walk, 20 minutes and, you know, see how you feel. Uh, these are things that from, again, from a locomotive standpoint, we're designed to do this. We're designed to walk. Uh, so just, again, just plug that into your life, see what happens, see how your body feels, see how your hips start to feel. Uh, you know, even the slight increase of your respiration rate, that's good stuff. That's, that's the stimulus and the stress that we need to continue uh, to, 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 for the body to continue to receive the signal that, oh, I need to do this in order to survive. 
you know, I, I better start adapting because this is happening in my life. And that's vital, again, for aging well and um, improving just the quality of life and the health of, of every individual, regardless of their age. Yeah. And so if, um, let's say your friend comes to you and he's like, you know, 50 pounds overweight or something. And he's, and he's, um, just a regular guy. He's got stress in his life. And, and he says, Hey Matt, you know, what should I, what should I do first? Do you, do you ease people in and, and, and then what would you recommend first? Yeah. So again, going back to just like this rhythmic approach, I, I believe that if I'm looking at least the first four of the, of say these, these actions, these, I call them these foundations mm-hmm. uh, and, and to restore rhythm back in this person's life in relation to how they breathe in relation mm-hmm. to how they move in relation to how they eat and how they rest. Right. So if I can, you know, gather as much information as I can from this individual. Okay. A lot of stuff going on. Right. Well, talk to me about how you breathe. Do you have any awareness of how you breathe? Are you consistently mouth breathing throughout the day? Are you, in, are you, um, putting yourself in positions that stress your breath, right? Are you getting your heart rate up at certain moments of the day? And you are allowing that heart rate to really drop down low, right? So we want a consistent um, neutral, if you will, when it's, when it's time to be neutral in our breath, very deep into the nose and even exhale through the nose, very calm, very controlled. Um, you know, again, like the rock that the wave pushes over. And then at moments of the day, you want that heart rate and that breath rate, respiration rate to go up. And then how uh, adaptable and, and how fast can you get that heart rate to come uh, and that breath rate to come back down? That's control. Uh, that's, that's highly adaptive behavior. You know, so speaking a little bit about like that, like, okay, let's, let's restore rhythm into how we breathe. And then, okay, let's restore rhythm into how we move our body. It's similar to what we talked about. You know, are you in the gym for an hour and then are you sitting at a desk for the next eight hours? That's really not, again, how we're designed to move. We want to be, again, moving in high variety, high intensity, high frequency, proper dosage. Uh, and then also that now like linking how you breathe and how you move together. So there's a specific way in which you should be breathing when you're moving. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so now it's like when you start to, and this is what the, the, uh, the Eastern philosophies like nailed with, with Tai Chi and Qigong and mm-hmm. even yoga mm-hmm. is like linking these two factors together, mm-hmm. very hyper-focused and uh, aware of how you breathe, very uh, proper amount and, and uh, the, the proper ways and how you move and then linking them together that now you're breathing properly when you're moving properly. And that's like this freaking window that just opens up. Like you just cracked open the matrix and your body is like, you, you just have more control. You, you, you're so aware of things that are happening in, uh, in your body and in your life that it's like, a, it's like a, a switch that you can start to just play with that gives you just more control. It, it allows your body to um, you know, drop into more of a parasympathetic state, more safe space, right? Whenever we're sympathetically driven, our body doesn't necessarily think it's safe. And when mm-hmm. we're never, uh, if we're never safe, you know, our basic physiological needs are never taken care of. You know, that's mm-hmm. like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. These are like absolute necessities that we need to do or uh, boxes that we need to check in order for everything to self-actualize, you know, so safety, right? Am I, am I uh, safe right now? Am I breathing in a way that, that uh, shows my body that I'm safe, that you are safe? There's no danger around you. Uh, linking those two together. Uh, simple things like that. And it's really not that complicated. I mean, like simple Tai Chi and, and yoga, but even just moving your body in a, in a proper way and then 
feeling and linking your breath into that, into, into what you're doing. Uh, you know, that's from a physical standpoint. And then just like the nourish, uh, the, the restorative standpoint. Again, I, I mentioned a little bit about like how we eat really parasympathetically driven uh, presence, you know, seated, like this is a sacred thing, like sit down, take your time, don't rush, try not to have your phone on you, be present with your meals. Uh, again, the highest amount of quality that you can get your hands on and do so in a manner that you honor what, you, what is being uh, put in your body. Like you're literally emotionally connected to it. You know, I, I, I've said this on a couple other podcasts where like in the past, we used to grow our own food. There was so much, we used to hunt our own food. There was so much more effort into the process. So when it got on your plate, you were extremely grateful for that meal. You know, you, you saw all the effort that took out, that, that, that had to take place for you to even eat this meal. Now we walk into the grocery store, we grab something off the shelf and then we, we check it through the thing and we sit down, we just rip it open, we shove it in our mouth. There's no connection there. There's no emotional investment into the process of eating. So to get that you know, light to flicker off in that person's mind that, oh, this is something that uh, at one point was, was sacred in our lives. It was, it was, it was, it was so uh, difficult. And mm -hmm. when, it, when it was finally the, the uh, part of the day where we could nourish our body, we were extremely grateful. We were sharing food and breaking bread with, with family and loved ones and friends, and we were doing something in a joyous manner, uh, in a grateful state. You know, these are things that, you, you know, you, I'm not saying, even though it probably would be beneficial for people to start backyard gardens, um, but to get your hands on fresh food and high quality meats and et cetera, and then consume that almost like you had to, you had to hunt that you had to grow that, or, mm -hmm. or at least you're taking into consideration, you know, how that got into your plate. Um, and that's going to put you in a better state to receive that, those nutrients. And then ultimately then you just tie it back into sleep and circadian rhythm, uh, getting more connected to the outdoors, um, seeing how sensitive our bodies, our skin and our eyes are to light and to uh, give it the appropriate uh, spectrum of light that, that is it's craving mm -hmm. and microdose that in certain situations. Now your body is starting to be, be again, more, more, more harmonic, more in balance mm -hmm. and more rhythmically uh, in line with, with nature and with biology and with life. And, and do you do any like sun gazing? I've heard a little bit about the sun gazing stuff lately. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if there's anything to it or I don't know if, um, Somebody was saying in the morning he wakes up and then he was like, he looks at the sun and then he tries to look at the sun when it's coming down. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's crucial. I'm glad you said that because that's the, the appropriate time of the day where we need uh, sun most to, to keep this, this rhythm in check. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know, the, the AM and, and, and PM, uh, spectrum of light is slightly different so much so that there's more infrared a and red mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and, and that warmer reddish tone of, of sunlight that that is into your eyeballs mm -hmm. you know you don't necessarily have to stare directly into the sun mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but you want your eyeballs fixated if, if it's some part of the horizon or off to the side slightly and but that those that stimuli that light is is entering your eye it's entering your retina, it's entering your brain, and that's regulating your stores of melatonin. And then almost like kickstarting a little bit of a natural crescendo of, of cortisol that like gets everything going. Um, and then inversely on, on, at, at night, we need the same kind of box to check. We need the, the sun to be going down. Mm -hmm. and we, we want to see the same uh, scenery, if you will, the same horizon on the other side. And, 
and and that's the signal for cortisol to to begin it's it's uh, you know uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for for cortisol to begin it's like uh, so it's not being released anymore mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're not stressed and then melatonin comes online and that's again critical and crucial for us to to begin to get sleepy um, mm-hmm. you know so if somebody if it's nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night and they're not sleepy, you know, that's a, that's an issue. It's probably because they're, 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 this, this relationship is completely out of whack. Uh, they're so disconnected. Their, their skin is so disconnected from, from the, these light cycles. Um, you know, so getting our eyes at least gazed in the direction of the sun mm-hmm. at, at these certain moments of the day is the absolute necessity and prerequisite for your circadian rhythm to be aligned. And, and do you do any like morning routines, like for mindset or, mm. or, um, do you have like a routine and, or whatever? Yes. That's awesome. I, I have a term that I use. It's, it's quite funny, but it's called wake and bake. Uh, <laughs> this, is my, this is my routine. So I, I wake and I, I bake, right. So B A K E what that stands for is, is biological alignment mm-hmm. and kinesthetic exploration. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I get up in the morning. The first thing I do is I have a porch out here. Um, it's faces, uh, faces south. It's perfect for the, for the sunrise. And I, I immediately go out there. I put my little yoga mat out and I, and I start moving my body and I'm, and I'm facing the sunrise as I do so. Um, you know, and so it's hitting my face, it's in my eyes, it's on my, as much skin as I can. And I'm also moving my body in a way that just in a way it's like you, the day is starting to unfold. Your body starts to unfold. It was all hunched and compressed when we sleep in like a fetal position. Mm-hmm. And in the day you want everything to open up. You want your joints to be more mobile and, and uh, more open. So this kinesthetic exploration is, is that it's, it's getting my body prepared uh, for the day. And then I begin either, you know, tea or coffee or, or my first meal. Again, I, I do so in a manner that is extremely, uh, Symp- uh, parasympathetic. I have a prayer mantra. They actually say before I eat, it's, mm-hmm. it's a very centering uh, type of moment. It, it has allowed me to, to just in, uh, increase the, the vision and uh, the direction of my life and, and the purpose and what I'm really aligned for. Uh, and, and then I eat that breakfast. And then I do one more thing. I just do a short 15 to 20 meditation right after um, that takes almost like an hour from, you know, start to finish. It, it, it's quite long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's like a, a sacred time of the day for me. It, it is everything is 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 coming online. Everything is actually in line with with where I want to be. Um, and it, it's it's very important to just do this consistently. Uh, it, for for somebody who maybe you know uh, has slightly different work schedule, you could get up a little earlier and do these type of things in a more condensed fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but these routines, these rituals, are absolutely important for us. Uh, to do consistently because you know a they're 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 creating um, the alignment that our physiology needs to 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 rest and express throughout the day. Um, it's also from the from a headspace, right? The psychological standpoint is is again these these mantras, these prayers uh, are things that we we tend to lean on uh, and use as guidance in our life, and uh, we, we want to have that semblance of, of matching your 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 passions and your emotionality with your purpose and your goals and your mm-hmm. vision for the future. Yeah. That's, that's so powerful that the, the, the morning routine or the, um, you know, doing something, even just reading something or, or, um, you know, doing something that, you know, is in line with what your, your values are and, and what, and what you believe. And, 
and things like that. So many times we're just, you know, we're looking at like stupid YouTube videos or, you know, <laughs> or, you know, kind of wasting your, our time and to kind of get something positive in there. Um, yeah. Whether it's yoga or, or um, like a prayer, man, it's just, yeah. it just, it just really just can change your whole day. Absolutely. I, I imagine it like this, like a lighthouse, right? And you're, you're, you're stranded at sea and, and that's your whole, your whole life. You're stranded at sea. You're on a raft, right? And at different moments, there's, there's very rocky seas and calm seas and storms and beautiful days and you're there. But if you're at least oriented in a direction and you know where you're going and you know where you want to go with that lighthouse like way out there in the, in the future somewhere, and at least you're in that direction, you're on the right track. There's many people that are stuck in the ocean on the raft, getting pushed around by the storms and the waves and the sunny days. And they're not oriented towards something. They're not oriented towards something of value uh, that they value, that they, that they really deep down feel like th that's what they're here to do in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so these mantras, these prayers, uh, these visions, these experiences, uh, they allow you to discover what your lighthouse is. Mm -hmm. And then you see that, you see that, and then you work towards that. And will you ever get there? No one will ever know. But at least you're walking and, and, and I would say actually drifting or swimming towards something of value uh, that you value, that you mm -hmm. can see and you can vision and, and you can understand that this, this is going to be difficult. There's, there's going to be many ups and downs. This is going to be a struggle, uh, but it's, it's going to be a struggle for a, 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 a worthy experience. And what, what are some, what are some books you like, or what are you reading now or, or um, listening to now? Yeah. Uh, books, uh, anything by Thomas Cowan is, is amazing. Uh, the two that, that I've read that, that have amplified a lot of what I uh, incorporated in my professions, in my, in my trades mm -hmm. are human heart, cosmic heart and okay. cancer and the new biology of water. He is really just like, pushing a dent in, in, in these professions that uh, evolve and, and are dependent upon biology. You know, mm -hmm. he's referencing a lot of uh, Gerald Pollack's work in the fourth phase of water. And that is completely like blowing open how we understand the body and biology and, you know, seeing that the nucleus is important and it is, but the mitochondria is, is, is where we should focus all of our attention. Mm -hmm. so that's going to determine the gene expression. And, you know, often we're, prioritizing the nucleus and even the brain, which is important, but we have to focus on the, the, the power of our mitochondria and the uh, environment that is, that it exists in. And if we can start to reorganize our environment, um, re uh, reorganize our understanding of water, like mm -hmm. literally our bodies are 99% molecular uh, water. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, so how are we tending to the water in us? Um, are we allowing that water to become uh, in this said, said fourth phase, this exclusion zone phase that now has electrical potential like a battery. And, and anytime you have a separation of positive and negative charge, you have energetic flow. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and when you have energetic flow, you have cellular systems doing what they're, they need to do, right? Mm -hmm. You have, you have life, uh, you know, so these are things that, that he's doing, which, um, I, I try to bring into like this training, uh, therapy world where it's not necessarily, um, you know, improving to the level of the things that what he's doing, but I'm kind of sprinkling it to people's minds. Oh, you want to, you know, you know, you want to feel better. Okay. Let's train, but let's train in a way that maybe is outdoors a little bit more. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. You, you want to do some therapy and some body work. Okay. 
you know, let's, let's connect to the earth a little bit more and then come back and see me. You know, these are things that uh, he's starting to do uh, that are, that are awesome. And I always point people in, in his direction and the work that he's doing. Um, and then also just like blue mind and forest bathing are, are two books that, uh, you know, I read a couple of years back that, that allowed me to understand that I'm really not that crazy, uh, that me really enjoying being around water uh, in the ocean is mm-hmm. profound for what it can do to your, your neurobiology and the state uh, of, of your emotionality. You know, so the, the, the book basically illuminates the idea that when you're around water, it, it changes you. It changes your, it changes your brain. It changes your, and your state. Um, and, you know, we're always in this, in this uh, struggle to like, oh, I need to meditate. I need to do this. Where if you just mm-hmm. drive to the ocean, you sit in front of the ocean, you just listen to the wave and stare in the ocean, it'll meditate you. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and it'll mm-hmm. almost hypnotize you into a state that, you know, your, your brain waves start to change. And the next thing you know, you're, you're kind of zoning out. Like you're, you just sat in a, almost an hour long meditation. It's extremely vital to, you know, the, the, the space in, of our heads and you know, the clarity of minds that we, that we don't have. So um, those are, those are some, some sources that uh, I like to, to push people to. And then the last one is just like for, is forest bathing. There's many um, doctors in, in, in Japan that prescribe nature walks yes. uh, to patients. Uh, and, and that's something I think that should, we should be taking into the, to the Western mind and the, and the Western paradigms is reconnecting to natural scenery, natural environments, green leaves, green trees, blue skies, you know, big puffy clouds, um, you know, sunny days, rainy days, whatever it is, uh, get outdoors, get your feet on the earth, um, get your skin in the game and just become more connected to the nature and your, or your natural surroundings and things usually happen for the better. Yeah. I, I lived in, um, near Mount Fuji in Japan and some of those forests out there are just God, I've been in, in them and, and they're just majestic. I can't even, um, I can't even describe it um, through words. Some of these, it's like a mossy, mm. um, just God. It's, and you're like, it doesn't even feel like planet earth. I, I, it's just absolutely insane. And, and some of those forests, they've actually say they have healing. Uh, they did some studies with healing and the forest bathing in those areas, but mm. totally absolutely majestic area that's beautiful i I love the word you use majestic because that almost it it almost put me there i felt it that uh it's breathtaking it's felt um Mm -hmm. i've been to sedona and it was a very similar feeling it was like Mm -hmm. you know there's obviously this hype around you know the the vortexes and the energy but you know uh, there's something to that it's 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 like profound it moves you it hits you uh Mm -hmm. you know this this energy and and i think that's on my bucket list man (laughs) yeah i mean it was um, I couldn't always see Mount Fuji because the clouds, you know, it'd go like a month without seeing it. And then all of a sudden it's just there, right, right there. It's just like, wow. And I used to, I used to like try to connect my mind with it. I swear it was like speaking to me in some way, in some uh, esoteric sort of yeah. woo woo way. But um, I, I, I believe that I had a conversation with a good buddy of mine recently and, and he uh, was struggling at a point in his life and um, was, was struggling walking into say like difficulty. Um, you know, and I think mountains do that. They, they, they like stare, you're staring at them. They're staring at you and they're almost daring you to walk near to it and climb it. And I think, you know, all the, the bigger mountains, like, you know, the Everest and then you know, Fuji and like, they, they like daring you. And, mm-hmm. you know, are you, you who's going to climb Fuji, you know, 
whatever, but there's mountains in our lives, right. That, that are staring at us mm-hmm. and they're daring you to, to walk into them and climb them and, and walk and open that door. And I think uh, that's kind of how I spun it on him was like, you know, there's many things in our lives that are, are difficult and, and, and even um, intimidating, you know, like mm-hmm. these freaking giant mountains. And you kind of have to stare right the F back and say, all right, like I'm walking right into you and, and see what happens. Um, you know, so I, I, that is awesome that you said that as well. Yeah. Um, it turned out to be a good, really amazing experience um, being out there. But um, is there, is there anything else um, you want to say or, or, um, or anything you um oh oh how, how can people get in touch with if, if they want to do like coaching or, or whatever mm. yeah you can you can shoot me a message on instagram at circadian underscore man um again the 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 rhythms that i spoke about how to breathe how to move how to eat how to rest uh, these are things that I, I really focus on it's like foundational uh for people that that, 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 that need that um and then you know just the final like send off is like a lot of my experience in life has led me into a, a, a unique path, right? It, it was mm-hmm. something that um, I, I had this question in my mind and I really felt um, incomplete and unfulfilled in mm-hmm. even jobs that, that seem to be like dream jobs. Um, you know, and I, everything that you take home from that is like just another piece to your own puzzle, um, you know, and, and not really expecting people to, uh, give you the puzzle piece that you mm-hmm. need. It's you have all the pieces that you need. You just need to learn and understand and maybe meet somebody that can help you put these, all the puzzle pieces that you already have in the correct place, in mm-hmm. the correct order. Uh, and, and that's you, you know, you're this, this art artistic uh, canvas, you know, this beautiful masterpiece that maybe uh, is a little, just a little disheveled right now. And the pieces are, are not in the proper places, but you don't need any other pieces. No one, no one's, never expect somebody you know to to give you or save you or or do anything and they're going to give you like this magic secret thing like this puzzle piece that you're missing Mm -hmm. you have all the pieces that you need Mm -hmm. you just need how you need to learn how to just put them in the proper place um and when people get really comfortable in their own skin you know that that's like a paramount first step be extremely comfortable in who you are have a a very clear vision in in who you want to be and and where you want to go uh be very open to uh your open your mind you know there's many things that uh, i do now that if you know 10 years ago i would have thought i would have never been open to 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 do that so to consistently open your mind uh follow your heart and and be brave you know it's like Mm -hmm. the mountain right the mountain Mm -hmm. is staring right at you and you want to be brave you want to walk right up to it uh and and this requires a a lot of just uh creativity in your life to, to be able to again create the puzzle piece that's inside you in the proper order to create the, the masterpiece that you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and your, your podcast is soul to sun, um, from yeah, soul just, to sun. Just launched yesterday. Uh, yeah. just started that. I only have one episode for, for, the, for the, for the people, uh, but consistently going to be pumping out hopefully an episode a week, um, from yeah. sun to soul. Uh, again, I'm, I'm covering aspects about sun and, and light. Uh, but even, the journey into the soul itself. So it's a wide spectrum of things, uh, but how human, human performance really ties into all that. So, you know, how can we really achieve high levels of human performance uh, while, while reconnecting to our own health potential, to harmony, to mother nature, to individuals that are uh, on the same mission as I am. Cool, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to, um, to, to the podcast. I listened to a little bit of it yesterday. First episode's a little long. It's about 90 minutes. Um, I'm trying to keep every other episode under an hour. 
uh, because I know uh, people's attention spans are, are plummeting and, and it, people got things to do. So uh, if anybody listens, uh, I'm grateful and uh, I'm going to condense that the best I can. Cool, man. All right.